Welcome to the Gridiron Goodies Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Scott. On today's episode, I will recap last night's game and do a little bet busting from it as well. Then I will preview the remaining games on the week 16 slate and then wrap up with my best bets. All coming up on this week's TNF recap and full preview. The Saints tried to keep things respectable on the scoreboard with two late touchdowns. They can trick the scoreboard, but they can't trick me. The Rams dominated the majority of this game and did so on the ground with Kyron Williams. He ended his night with 22 carries, over 100 yards, and a score. Through the air, Puka Nakua had a monster day with 164 yards on 9 catches and a touchdown. Stafford played well and threw for over 300 yards and 2 touchdown passes. This offense basically did whatever they wanted to for much of this game. On the flip side, Derek Carr actually finished a game, and he also played well. He was able to connect with Chris Olave for 123 yards and hit Rashid Shahid for a beautiful long touchdown. On the ground, this team struggled, however. Kamara only rushed for 19 yards on only 9 carries. They were forced to abandon the running game early, though, so this no doubt played into effect. Overall, this Rams team is fun to watch, and I'm hoping this extends to the postseason. The Saints, on the other hand, are ready for the couch. Let's move on and do a little bet busting. My straight five bets for last night were the following. First, I had Kyron Williams to score, and he did. Next, I had Cooper Cup to score, and he did not. I had Puka Nakua to score next, which he did. Then, I had Alvin Kamara to score, which he did not. And lastly, I had Juwan Johnson to score as my long shot, and he did. We went 3 for 5 here and made a nice little profit. For my parlay bet, I went with a single 3-leg parlay consisting of the following legs. First leg was Kyron Williams over 100 yards rushing, which he did hit. Second leg was Alvin Kamara over 40 yards rushing, which he did not hit with just 19. Lastly, the third leg was Cooper Cup over 60 yards receiving, which he failed with 52. I went 1 for 3 on the legs and 0 for 1 on the parlay as a whole. Not very good as far as that goes, but overall I ended in the positive, so I'd call that a win. And that'll wrap up the recap for last night's game. Let's go ahead and take a quick break right here and discuss the upcoming matchups for this weekend when I return. Welcome back. Let's pivot from the past to the future and dive into our preview. This should be an awesome weekend of football. We have a couple heavyweight games and a handful of playoff implication matchups. As a result, we have a full slate for our watchable games list. First up, we have the Lions at the Vikings. Detroit is coming off of a pretty dominating performance against my Broncos last Saturday, and by all means, they should take this win on paper. However, this Vikings team is resilient. Not many teams can trot out their fourth quarterback and remain relevant at the end of the year like this. Hell, my team could only muster a handful of wins last year with one quarterback. Their defense is extreme. They either go full blitz or drop back and go full coverage. If we remember way back from hard knocks of past days, Jared Goff doesn't even know which direction the sun rises from. Dude gets confused easily and, not to mention, he hasn't necessarily been the safest with the ball lately. This could spell for absolute disaster if Ben Johnson can't help Goff stay ahead of them. This could be one of the better opportunities for Johnson to make his bid for a promotion. He's done a great job of really leaning into their running game lately. 
both Montgomery and Gibbs have really been impressive. Much like most defenses around the league, you can run on this Vikings front, so I expect this trend to continue in this matchup. Overall, in typical Vikings game fashion, this should come down to the wire. Ultimately, I think Minnesota's offense will be a little too much for Detroit's defense to handle right now. Vikings get the win at home and make things a little more interesting in the playoff race. Moving on, we have the Browns at the Texans. Both of these teams started off the year banned from my watchable games list, yet here we are. Cleveland ditches the new for the old, and the Texans clawed their way into relevancy. Just another indicator that no one knows a damn thing at the beginning of these seasons, but that's what keeps things exciting. Both of these teams are fighting for a playoff spot, and it's very likely that whoever comes out on top this week stamps their ticket into the postseason. Now I've been saying it since he came in, Joe Flacco is awesome on this team, and he's turned David Njoku into a star. But this week, they face a defense that has flown under the radar a bit. Will Anderson is likely a no-go, but Jonathan Grenard and Derek Barnett should still have a productive game, especially against this patchwork offensive line of the Browns. On the back end, both Derek Stingley and Steven Nelson have been ball hawks. Amari Cooper and David Njoku may have a rough day through the air. As a result, the Browns should revert back to their rushing attack. Ford and Hunt should see an uptick in usage and are prime candidates for our best bets later. The Texans' offense, on the other hand, will likely be without C.J. Stroud for the second week in a row. Case Keenum will likely get the start here, but this week, it won't be a sneak attack. The Browns' defense may have taken a step back since Garrett's shoulder injury, but they're still dangerous. If Keenum isn't careful, he might make Flacco's job a little easier. Overall, both of these defenses are opportunistic, and whichever offense can keep their mistakes to a minimum should take the win. I'm taking Flacco over Keenum in this one. Browns take the victory and a spot in the wild card. Up next, we have the Jaguars at the Buccaneers. I said in the preview that the Jags are going to miss the playoffs this year, and here's where I believe their downward spiral towards the offseason begins. Jacksonville is really banged up on both sides of the ball, and they may be without Trevor Lawrence. The Bucks, on the other hand, are relatively healthy and have been playing really well lately. Rashad White and Mike Evans have scored in almost every single game, and Baker Mayfield has done a good job at limiting his mistakes. The ability to rely on White on the ground and short passing game and Evans deep down the field has seemingly been unstoppable all year. With the injuries on the back end of that Jags defense, we could see much of the same here. As a result, I think the Bucks take this one easily at home and further widen the gap in the NFC South. Next up, we have the first of our heavyweight matchups as the Cowboys take a visit down to Miami to play the Dolphins. Both of these teams are very similar. They've showcased the ability to blow inferior teams out of the water, but struggle to hang with the big boys when they encounter contender-type defenses. As such, I am deeming this the Pretender Bowl. Dak Prescott and this offense sort of wilted last week against the Bills. And not only that, their defense was exposed as well. The Bills ran the ball down their throats and Dallas had no answer. I expect the Dolphins to explore a similar strategy. Both A-Chan and Mostert should have solid days here, especially with Hill's availability still being in question. On defense, Bradley Chubb is coming off of an absolute showing last week and may have similar results against this offensive line that has some injury concerns with Tyron Smith 
and Zach Martin. Chubb may be poised to have another monster game. Overall, I think the Dolphins' defense will do a better job at keeping the Cowboys on their toes than the Dallas defense will. The Dolphins should come away with this one at home. Last game on our watchable games list is a doozy, as we have a possible Super Bowl matchup with the Ravens at the 49ers on Monday night. What a nice little way to put a bow on Christmas. We have good on good matchups all throughout this game. Brock Purdy and the Niners offense have been unstoppable lately. Almost every single one of their weapons scored in every game over the past few weeks. Everything they try seems to work. Ayuk and Kittle will destroy you in the passing game, and Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel are always dangerous with the ball in their hands. This suffocating defense of the Ravens should have their hands full. Likewise, the all-star defensive lineup of the Niners will have their hands full with Lamar Jackson and this rushing attack of the Ravens, even without Keaton Mitchell. I expect to see both Justice Hill and Gus Edwards have a fairly heavy workload. In the passing game, Lamar and OBJ have seemed to form a solid connection lately, and I assume this trend should continue in this game. Overall, this is the most I have been excited for any matchup all year. Most of the other big-name games have been duds, so let's just hope this trend doesn't leak into this game. Ultimately, I have to go with the home team in this one. Niners take the game and the number one seed in the NFC. Moving on to some of the less exciting games, let's check out my speed round matchups. First on our list, we have the Bengals at the Steelers. Jake Browning should continue to find success even with Jamar Chase out of the lineup. Expect a lot of production from Joe Mixon and T. Higgins. Bengals take this one on the road. Next up, we have the Bills at the Chargers. The Chargers are pathetic to watch right now. Last game, they barely even tried, so why should we expect any difference in this game? The Bills have places to be and take this win easily on the road. Moving on, we have the Commanders at the Jets, and honestly, I couldn't care any less about this matchup. Commies take the win on the road. Next up, we have the Packers at the Panthers. I picked the Packers as one of my wildcard teams. You don't get there unless you get this win. This should be a get-right game for their defense. Packers take this win on the road. Up next, we have the Seahawks at the Titans. Geno Smith should play in this game, and as a result, I think they will come away with this victory. Moving on, we have the Colts at the Falcons. Atlanta is awful to watch, and the Colts aren't. Minshew has been playing great lately, and as long as he can keep his turnovers to a minimum, they should take this one on the road, especially with Jonathan Taylor back in the lineup. Next up, we have the Cardinals at the Bears. I think Justin Fields may be playing for his future in Chicago. As such, he and DJ Moore should have a big day. Bears take this win at home. Up next, we have the Patriots in my backyard against the Broncos on Christmas Eve. The Patriots are miserable, and Sean Payton is still trying to prove himself in his new hometown. Broncos get the win at home, and somehow still remain featured on the In the Hunt graphics. Moving on, we have the Raiders at the Chiefs. This matchup is always intriguing. Historically speaking, the Raiders have typically given Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs team a hard time. Not to mention, they're coming hot off of a completely dominating performance against the Chargers. As a Broncos fan, the only time I'm allowed to cheer for the Raiders, in any capacity, is when they face the Chiefs, and that's exactly what I'm going to be doing here. I think Vegas sneaks away with a victory on the road. 
Lastly, we have the Giants at the Eagles. Jalen Hurts should be closer to 100%, and as a result, this should be a get-right game for Philly. Eagles take this win easily at home. Moving on, here are my best bets for the weekend. For my straight five bets, I went with the following. First, I have Nico Collins to score. Second, I have Cade Otten to score. Next, I have Kyler Murray to score on the ground. Up next, I have Hunter Henry to score. And then lastly, I have Dallas Goddard to score. For my parlay bets, I've decided to go with two four-leg parlays. For the first parlay, I went with the following legs. The first leg is Mostert to score. The second leg is Mixon to score. The third leg is James Cook to score. And the fourth leg is David Montgomery to score. For the second parlay, I have the following legs. The first leg is T. Higgins to score. The second leg is David Njoku to score. The third leg is Mike Evans to score. And lastly, the fourth leg is Jalen Waddle to score. Now, I usually don't like to have touchdowns in my parlays, but I felt like switching things up a bit, so this is the first time I've done all scores for everything. And that'll do it for today's episode. I will return as usual for the recap on Tuesday. I hope you all have a great holiday weekend, and I'll see you next time.